A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In addition to our usual obscenity warning... We would like to note that this episode contains extensive discussion of mental illness and abuse. Please take care of yourself while listening. And if this is triggering for you, we'll see you on the other side. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm lying. I'm misleading. And I was fucking right. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter nine of Cold Fire. Grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's confirm Brittany's suspicions. Chapter nine opens with Ben returning with his mother from Temple. After settling his mother in, he retreats to his workshop, where he works on a fire starter, inspired by those created by God's Forge. Because, of course, he set both the warehouse fire and the boarding house fire. And now he's planning his third. Daja has settled into a routine of teaching, working on her gloves, and skating. She comes into the kitchen to find Nia and Mora Chain looking at a book of lace patterns. Mora Chain praises Nia for her cleverness while in the same breath criticizing Ben for refusing to remarry. Daja escapes the encounter with an excuse to practice skating. Nia soon joins her on the ice, sharing the same conflicted feelings as Jory that Mora Chain is rude to pretty much everyone but them. That evening, Ben plants his fire starter in a confectioner's shop as a test for one of his fire brigades. Though he expects the brigade to come get him, they don't until the morning. Two members of the brigade have been hospitalized. One more or less dies in Ben's arms, but the death is not enough to get more funding for the brigade. So Ben goes back to the drawing board. Oh, there was also a beggar woman that died. Yes, there was also a, a beggar who slept in the confectioner's shop and died in the fire. And he was disappointed because the other person who was hospitalized for smoke inhalation was probably going to live. Part one of our three-step reading process is where we talk about what we and disliked about the story. And I'm going to hand the mic over to Brittany. Y'all didn't trick me. I knew it. That's about all I got. <laughs> I was right. Is there anything else you have? Any other comments you have about this chapter? Go um, 
I, I feel kind of bad for him. His mom is the fucking worst. She beat him and basically tells him that it's his fault that his wife and children died. That's fucked up shit. But that's no excuse to be a fucking psycho person. And at first, it seemed like he didn't want to kill anybody because in chapter three, was it? He's like, oh, I didn't know anybody was in there. Oh, no. I'm glad that person didn't die. And now in this chapter, two people died. And he is so excited. He's like, ooh, this is what I needed. I have control over life. Fire has given me that. And he's fucking crazy. He's so crazy in this chapter. He's trying to force himself not to laugh that these people have died and people are thinking that he's grieving. Uh, oh my God, this chapter. I, I kind of feel for the guy, but uh, no, he's a monster. I, I find Ben to be an incredibly interesting character. He's not just a completely inhuman, terrible person like Lady Zanadia. Right. But he's also not got like a logical a logical reason for his actions the way the DNRs do. Yeah. He's really just kind of losing it's his sanity. The trauma, um, I think. Yeah, and I, I I think it's a combination of both the trauma of losing his wife and his kids as well as the abuse that he has been through his entire life. So this right here, if if I ever want to explain how serial killers come about. All you need to do is read this book. There's a lot of factors that go into creating a serial killer. A lot of which is abuse, traumatic events, like severely traumatic events. Um, This is why like most serial killers have a profile of what type of person they're going to kill. You have people who target specifically middle-aged women because their mother was incredibly abusive and this is how they get back at their mother this is how serial killers are formed his mom is the worst she's his a fucking mom is bitch. the worst he has a thought of putting her out of her misery which i agree with listen he, if he's I, horrible his thought of wanting to kill his mother it feels like the most normal and sane thought that he has in this chapter yeah yeah his own brothers don't even want anything to do with her anymore because she's such an awful person they promised their dad on his deathbed that they would take care of her and only ben has actually gone through with it everyone else like no this woman is too awful we don't want to be around her and then she talks about how much he's not building the family up right or whatever like bitch you ran your family off how is he not being good in the family whenever you have basically ran everyone off and no one wants anything to do with you? And she was talking about in with the lace or whatever that she didn't want to just give the book to someone she didn't know. She doesn't even know her children's spouses. Or she doesn't even know her grandchildren. And she wants to say that Ben is the problem. No, bitch, it's you. You are the problem. And then okay, uh, but abusers uh, never find themselves the problem. Uh, believe me, I know my mother is just like her. Yeah, but abusers do not register that they are the problem. It's everybody else. You act like this, therefore that is why I treat you like this. That's why you cut that person off instead of becoming a psycho crazy killer. 
Yes. Listen. <laughs> Just saying. So what I'm hearing Lord. is that Ben's first mistake was not leaving home like all his brothers. Yes. Yes. In in the year of our Lord, yes, twenty twenty two, the Reading Circle Temple suggests that you cut out literally all of them toxic motherfuckers. Just get rid of them. Even now, if they're your family, do not just. Especially them- if they're your family. Yeah. Listen, this whole series is about found family. Just do it. Find yes. your own family. Find people who will love you and support you and not tell you that you're the reason why your wife and kids are dead. Don't. That's a horrible person. I would like to point out here, Brittany mentioned that Maura Chain beats Ben or has beat Ben used to a month he stopped it a month before he got married so she hasn't recently i had completely forgotten about that i only remembered that she was emotionally abusive and emotionally as i have already mentioned she is perhaps my least favorite character in the whole series like i'm pretty sure that i actually dislike her more than ben who has already killed two people I I have to agree. As much as I dislike Ben, he's just a product of his raising, I guess. It's not yeah. an excuse. Yeah, um, right. His it's brothers are fucking crazy killing people, as far as we know. Like, it, it's one of those, it's not an excuse, but it is a huge factor as to why this has happened. We have to imagine this has happened pretty much his whole childhood. Um, we don't know what his relationship was before his dad died. We don't know if there was, when Maura Chain's husband died, that that's when she lost her shit. But, like, we've got to imagine this has gone on since his childhood. I have a feeling it it was probably the death of her husband, I feel. Because I wouldn't think that his dad would be like, here, take care of this abusive person. I would hope not. And her losing her husband probably caused her to start acting awful to people. So she yeah. loses it because of trauma. And then she causes the trauma that causes Ben to lose it. That's a common thing. People who are abused become abusers. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, like, it, it also does raise a question. Because I know that my dad had no idea what Lisa did to me or either he didn't know or he pretended not to know none of the family knew it could be that kind of thing of she put so much terror into him that he was just like yeah it's all my fault therefore I can't really talk to anybody about it because they're going to be like yeah it's your fault you know I I I feel bad for him I really do I guess before he started killing people yeah um, yeah it's it's I don't think it relates exactly to this, but I read somewhere recently that, um, you know, mental illness gives an explanation for why you do things, but it doesn't give you the permission to do those things and not face repercussions. I I think that relates very well. I Um, I do too. And I think that has a lot to do with, like I said, I I dislike Morachain more than I dislike Ben, but I think it's because... I have the ability to feel sympathy for Ben much more so than Maura Chain. I have virtually no sympathy for her at all. But for him, I see like 
what awful he's been through. But at the same time, he does horrible things. Also, since we're talking about repercussions, they mention in this chapter that the penalty for arson in this in this town, if not like in Namorn, is to be burned alive. That is terrifying. Well, I had some things that were highlighted that did not pertain to all of this. Um, the first one was the paragraph, among traitors to be forgotten was the one final death. Memory lasted when the flesh was gone. Dodge would make sure that her children, if she had any, would say the prayers for each member of Fifth Ship Kasubo. And this reminded me of, I always bring Disney into this, Coco, the Day of the Dead ceremony. Uh. They always put like the pictures up of the family members so they're not forgotten. And they make sure that younger generations also do this as well. So no family member is forgotten. I remember the scene of one of the guys being forgotten and it was so heart-wrenching. Like it was the final death. And I hope that my family will continue to remember me long after I'm gone as well. I can't that is exactly what I thought when I read that too. Yeah, the, I can't remember who said it, but someone once said that you die twice. Once when you when you physically die and your body and soul separate. And then the second time is when someone says your name for the last time. Morachain is talking to Nia and says about Ben. He has a gift for making others think well of him. That he does. Daja excuses herself to go practice skating. And Nia tells her, remember, slow is better. And Daja grins despite her anger. And is like, I have three friends who would tell you I have slowness down to an art. (laughs) (laughs) Because they don't know the meaning of the word. And Daja is there to help them, like, calm down and slow down. Because if it weren't for her, they probably would get into all kinds of trouble. As, as she said in uh, Briar's book, who always anchors? Dodger is like, I'm just glad Ben isn't like his mother. Well, in he's her defense, he's um, not. In I mean, ways, he's worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like he didn't intend to kill anybody this time. It just happened. And now that it has happened, he's so excited. Dodger come. Uh, is uh, thinking about the stuff that Morchan was saying. It was like, Morchan was a sad creature, hated by most, not understanding what a prize she hadn't been. Like, again, Daza is in for such heartbreak, and I feel so bad for her that she doesn't know what to go down, and ah, uh, it's just not She's going to find out. He's going to find out, and it's going to be horrible, and it's going to be so sad, and uh, I'm not ready. I really love the world building at the beginning with all the different Kugiskin gods. They would go to, like, a different temple for a different god each week of the month. That was just really cool. This is potentially a Goodwin question because I know he researches shit like this. This chapter made me wonder how firefighters train in our world. There's definitely not, like, a, a mage who can put you in the building to watch it go down and protect you with spells. And also it mentions that God's Forge would arrange with towns to just to put these fire starters that would eventually start a fire. Yes, and- God's Forge talked to people about it before he set fires. 
And then it's like, I'm continuing his work. I'm doing great things. No, you're not even talking to anybody. You're just doing the thing without saying anything. Actually, so the the idea of controlled burns is definitely a huge thing in learning how to be a firefighter. Uh, they take sense. old old condemned buildings, and of course they obviously get like the permits and stuff, and yeah, like, so like they will like Ben's warehouse only on purpose with everybody's yeah. permission. Yes, that's that's basically it. It's like there is actually a a route that they go through, but they do burns on, like, condemned buildings. What God's Forge did is accurate. Pretty much hit the nail on the head. They have dedicated training centers where they do, like, they have buildings that can be set on fire in different ways. So you can practice mm. going in and out, you know, different areas. Um, that's, like, the main way that they practice. And then they also do the stuff with, you know, if there are condemned... Like, I saw one over on... Um, Pleasant Grove. There was an old house over there, uh, pretty big, like a pretty big house that was for sale for a while. It eventually just like was not for sale anymore, and the owner wanted it taken down because it was so dilapidated and falling apart. And they got permits, asked the fire department, you know, the guy wanted to get rid of the stuff without paying to get it done, so you can ask the fire department to just come on out. They'll chop holes into doors, you know, practice entering into garages and shit, or like attic accesses and they'll burn it down for you so they can yeah, get I did, that hands-on practice yeah i didn't know like what all obviously they had to do but like yeah no i just think that's really cool is that people are just like yeah burn down this building it's fine yeah as long as it's yours and it's not a danger to any other properties and you actually yeah. get the fire department to accept to do it then yeah yeah it's really cool so i i don't know who said it for sure? I'm guessing it's Daja, but the term female is used again here. Yeah, it is Daja. In reference to Morachain. I think this is Nia talking to Daja. She says about Morachain, how can she be so loving to us and so horrible to the rest of the world? Yeah, and I feel like this is also an apt description of Ben in a way, especially with Ben's relationship with Daja. Like he thinks Daja's really cool and he's very nice to her, but he's also busy burning down the town. So yeah. I wrote, I wish I had wrote, written more details about this. I wrote, I think Nia is a better teacher than Daja. My guess is that this has to do with patience. Ben is not really fair to the servants who are torn between the fire brigade and their master's demands because he complains about the servants not wanting to be on the fire brigade. At least part of that is not going to be that they is not going to be them. It's going to be that they have a job by these people who have hired them. And if they can't get time off work, then they can't be part of the volunteer fire brigade. What I liked in the chapter is that the ends justify the means. Ben is really, you know, killing people and burning down the town, but he's doing it for a good purpose, so good on him, and I hope he keeps going. Yeah, that's what I got out of this, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I was going to say, too. I love the fact that he thinks that he's continuing a great man's work, <laughs> burning down property and threatening lives. That's exactly what God's Forge wanted. When exactly. he taught him all this firefighting stuff, that's exactly what he wanted. He wanted him to just burn Better stuff down people. as long as it means that the city will be protected later probably maybe from all the other maybe. fires 
I loved that Nia was reading the magical wood book at church during church and her dad saw her and he's like, eh. Yeah. yeah Fucking same though. <laughs> Fucking good same dad. though. He, I mean, you know. At least he's that passionate about it. And he's like, you know what? Okay. I will support you in this. Yeah. She's learning. I do have to say, I really like Cole and Matazi. And the more this book goes on, the more I like them. Just, we don't see a whole, whole lot of them. But what we do see is generally just these little snippets of them. Just, like, being decent people. And they're just so in love, too. It's so cute. really is. You know what? Your kids are going to be okay. I just, I I love how much they love each other. It's just, like, because if you can't shit talk your significant other, like, why are you together? I also really liked uh, when Ben said what he'd felt just now was almost too intense to bear. He made the rules. He told them they hadn't listened and two people had paid the price. This fellow and the beggar woman, the fire had killed them for him. He had turned it loose as mages commanded the winds to rescue becalmed ships and the fire had given him, had given him its greatest gift, the power over human life. I really like how, uh, absolute batshit you can tell ben has like become we get that he's you know a psychopath from burning down buildings and his his kind of twisted weird way of justifying it you could see in his brain exactly where like yes the fire is justifying my needs and it's it's disgusting it's it's just sick to read i know that we like briefly touched on it but the whole passage of, like, if if he's so much just escaped her for a day, like, he felt guilty just thinking about it. But he also feels really guilty that he just wants to murder her while she sleeps. There's another line I feel, like, kind of shows us a thing about Morachain. And I don't, like, nobody mentioned it, so I might have been the only one who read into it like this. Afterwards, she retired to read her Book of Judgment and Nap. A lot of abuse situations, now this is not all of them, and I'm not necessarily knocking religion here, just just throwing that out there first, but it feels very, it feels very paralleled to those Christians of whatever denomination who go, well, we're going to teach the child by the book and take it literally so you what is it you uh use the rod to spare the child or something like that that? spare the rod spoil the child spoil the child yeah that's what it is it's that kind of concept of a a religious mindset that primarily focuses on punishment rather than reward you wind up in these kind of situations also kind of want to mention this ben has this passion we can we can not justify what he's doing but his passion for trying to save these people is is there he he also talks about how he like loves working on the fire starter now here's the thing if he would just tell people hey look clear out the building give me your condemned buildings i will burn them down for you we would be in a better position here mm-hmm. but he it, it talks about how much he loves working with it and like trying to figure out how fire actually works. 
for lack of a better way to phrase that. I mean, pursue your passions, just don't murder people in the process. Part of his thing is like, we're not getting funding for the fire brigade. We're not getting funding for the fire brigade. It occurs to me that if he did that and like went to the city council and said like, look, I want the fire brigade to have practice in case there is a fire, because even though there weren't fires all summer, there always could be one. We live in a city that's mostly wood, so we need to have some practice. There's XYZ building that is nobody's using. It's already kind of a fire hazard. Let's burn it down on purpose. Give them practice. I wonder if the city council would be more inclined to give him funding. I just like the phrase of the state of waiting for everything and nothing. Daja saying it was not comfortable to watch more chain in a Tinder mode. Right? Like, it's hard to see someone who is that terrible be nice to people and not feel guilty that you think that they're a terrible person. But she's still being terrible while in the Tinder moment, though, too. Yeah. Basically telling Nia that, oh, it's nice that you still uh, have womanly thoughts, even though you work with carpentry. And hopefully you'll still be able to make lace uh, because your hands are going to be all uh, rough and you won't be able to use lace. And then she finds a way to tear down Ben in the middle of the conversation, too. This is true. This is very true. She's she's still being a terrible person while being tender. She's got a lot of practice. We do not feel guilty while she's being tender. She's still being (laughs) god-awful. She is. She's being a terrible person. She's an awful person. Uh, Just the idea of uh, Daja, once she had made the mistake of biting a sheet of gold foil... Exactly like aluminum foil. Yeah, that's that's how I feel uh, it would be. Yeah, just chewing on, you know, no, it's gross. That makes my teeth hurt. But here's my soapbox. We're going to get on for a second. I don't understand how I could fail with him, but I did. How selfish and self-centered do you have to be to look at your child who, like, from, from a outside perspective looks like a great person how can you look at someone that you raised and say i don't know how i failed them but i did you can very easily fail your child that's that that i mean that's just parenting and you try and be better that that is how i feel it's a learning curve not everybody is good with kids and not everybody who has kids should have kids um but that is such a self-centered thought that your child is an extension of yourself and should be molded to fit your idea of what a person should be. Listen, they're their own person. Even as a small child, they are their own person. They're going to do things you don't like. They're going to act in ways that you do not like. But instead of like, Being like this, where you're just like, oh, you're a fucking failure because you don't fit into my ideal of what you should be. You need to celebrate that they are their own person, that they have come into actualizing their own selves. I have a lot of feelings about this chapter, and it's mostly dealing with parenting. The you don't like her, do you? And then I don't need to like her. That's that's a a good way to put it. I, I don't have to like this person. I'm not going to go actively be an asshole to them. 
but I don't have to like them. I just kind of want to talk about this, uh, this little passage. He gave his mother his work at the business and someone to blame, and she saw to his daily needs. Look, this goes back to what Brittany and I were talking about earlier. What you get from an abuser is not worth what you get from an abuser. And I, I do agree with the uh, one day he would pay her for every time she made him wonder if indeed it was his fault that his wife and kids were dead. It just, uh, it just makes me hate her more. Just so much more. Uh. <laughs> and then on the same turn, it makes me not like him when he's like, they stood back to let him pass like a noble, like a king. It was the best morning of his life. We have seen good leadership in this series. We've seen a lot of good leadership. Like, look at Duke Beatrice. He listens to his people. He's kind to pretty much everyone. There's there's a couple of uh, instances where he's like, no, those people are fucked. For the most part, he's a good leader and a good noble. We, when we see this kind of perverted mindset of, yeah, I'm, you know, in charge of this. I am a king. Like, I, no, honey, no. <laughs> you are a terrible also, person. Fucking stop. Also, apparently this, this day is a better day of his life than the day he got married. That's fucked. He's sick. That's real fucked. You can definitely tell that he is losing it. If he's thinking that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. This 
isn't really a theme or it doesn't, it's not like a theme that you could sum up in words or at least not that I could, but I really noticed the stark contrast in the way Ben and Mora Chain tear other people down to bring themselves joy and Daja and Mia build people up to bring themselves joy. Never be a Mora Chain. If you have the choice between being Mora Chain and not being like Mora Chain, no. The theme that I found was death. I liked, and I don't remember if it was India or Brittany that mentioned it, the mem- the remembrance of Daja's family. You said the quote of people facing two deaths, and mm-hmm. I was trying to remember who I heard it from, because I thought I'd heard it like two different ways. And apparently there is like one version by Banksy, the artist, and then there's one by Ernest, er- Ernest Hemingway, but it's the same thing of, you know, when, when you die, it's when you, your body physically dies. And the second time you die is when the last person that knows you says your name. It's a very poignant thing to hear from two very famous people who, whose names have kind of echoed throughout history. Ernest Hemingway's dead. He still comes up, so I guess it's not dead, dead. I also saw how Ben's actions, you know, caused the death of two others. Uh, uh, the... Yeah, the beggar woman who died in the building and then one of the firefighters and, you know, those deaths were supposed to kind of help the council push towards helping protect the city by, you know, putting more stuff towards the firefighters, but it, it just wasn't enough. Mine was the same as Molly's. I couldn't really put words into it either, but she summed it up perfectly of it. Mine was family, question mark. <laughs> Mine is best laid plants. Now, this this sounds weird, but stick with me here. So, Bin is trying to do a good thing. We obviously condemn how he's doing it, but he is trying to do a good thing. He even so much as goes to state it, pretty much, that he was expecting them to come to him and wake him up. So, he, he had plans that they were going to come wake him up, and he was going to help the situation, and maybe save these people even though i don't think he intended for the outcome of people dying in this situation even like more chain in a way has kind of been like this is what i've set up and ben's not following it she has had all of these plans laid out and none of them are coming to fruition and sometimes what you want is not what you get (laughs) sorry Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a maid. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. Mine is consent. Consent is important. This is something we should all pull out and learn from this book. No matter how much we already make consent an important thing in our lives, let's continue to do that. Let's do it more. The major difference here between what Ben is doing and what God's Forge is doing is that God's Forge gets consent. So whether you're having sex or giving someone a hug or lighting a town on fire, be sure to get consent. Here is my PSA for the day. (laughs) Body autonomy is something else we should teach children. I'm just going to say that. You you, You should ask a child, can I have a hug? And if they say no, you respect that decision. You don't just go... I'm going to give you a hug, whether you like it or not. Like, don't do that. I agree. 
there is one non-consensual thing that I enjoy a lot, and that's giving people gifts because they oh, don't usually yeah. expect them. And then it's like, here you go. Too bad. It's not that's mine true. anymore. Cut toxic people out of your life. It can be hard, but uh, it's well worth it in the end. My mother wasn't exactly like Maura Chain. She was never physically abusive, but uh, yeah, definitely cut people out that are not good for you. I'm, I'm also going to kind of go on this because this is one of mine. Where I was 10 years ago versus where I am now is such a drastically different situation. I am in a place where I am loved. I feel safe and where I don't have to worry about being less than perfect because my biological mother if I didn't fit into her box and if I wasn't perfect then she gave me to my dad because I didn't fit in her box when I was nine years old and then with my dad's wife she also made a very big habit of saying you're never going to be as pretty as your stepsister you're never going to be as smart as your stepsister you're never going to be this as this person you're never going to be that as this person it's so damaging because like you wind up comparing yourself to these people that you don't actually want to be like I don't want to be like my stepsister I I know my stepsister is happy but like she also has a whole lot of shit going on in her life that I'm just like I'm good where you are in an abusive situation you're going it's not going to get better once you get out of it it will slowly get better it's gonna suck for a while don't get me wrong like I still have days where I'm just like my brain echoes the things that these abusive people have said to me in my life and like I still compare myself to what did I do wrong that you didn't love me and I'm 30 fucking years old I have been on my own since I was 20. But where I was 10 years ago was not a good place. Where I am now, me leaving was the best decision I have ever made. And like, I have to constantly remind myself that where I am now is better than where I would be if I would have stayed. So yeah, don't don't let those people control your life, whether it be a boyfriend or, or a girlfriend. The magic that I pulled out of the chapter is that some people should be pitied, not fought. And there's Uh, my second one. (laughs) (laughs) It it reminded me a lot of the Mark Twain quote, uh, never argue with an idiot. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. There's just some people you can't change their mind of. Either they're too closed off or selfish or stupid, and you just can't. You're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. Nothing of value is going to come out of that discussion. So you just got to let it go and, you know, feel bad for him for being so stupid. But yeah, that's that's my thing. What's going to happen is you're going to talk to this person. You're going to get frustrated. They're going to get frustrated. Nothing's going to get done. At the end of our episode, we like to read an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 10 of Cold Fire. I don't see Elenica Potcracker, Daja remarked to Frostpine. I wanted you to meet her. Potcracker once told me she cooks for parties. She doesn't go to them. A harsh female voice said behind them. She also referred publicly to some of our richer members as parasites. I doubt they'd welcome her. Daja and Frostpine turned to face the speaker. She was in her early 50s, 
two inches shorter than Daja, with pale, weathered skin and crow's feet wrinkles around small, dark eyes. Her no-nonsense lips were thin and wind-chapped. Her nose, a sharp angle thrust straight down from her forehead. Like many other native Kugiskian women, she had dyed her hair blonde so many times that it looked like straw. In contrast to her plain looks, she wore a black silk undergown and a sleeveless maroon velvet overgown, both decorated with gold embroideries. The buttons down the front of the overgown were small gold nuggets. She wore a sheer black veil and a round maroon velvet cap over the ragged twists of her hair. She continued, I personally think Potcracker is overgenerous. After all, there are creatures that feed on real parasites, so the real ones do some good. Our wealthier members feed on no one but themselves. I bless Shuri and Hakoi for keeping my nature sunny, unlike yours, Frostpine told the woman, naming the fire gods to whom he had dedicated his life. To Daja, he said, anyone connected with magistrates sees too much of the bad side of things. You can hide from it in your pretty temples, the woman said. She measured Daja with thoughtful eyes. We don't. That's why I prefer the pretty temples, retorted Frostpine. Vimi salute assault. This is my student and friend, Vimi's Daja Kasubo. Haluda's the mage I've been working with lately. I'm honored, Vimi salt, Daja told the older woman politely. I hope the investigation goes well. We're close, said Frostpine. Don't say that until we have the nollies and irons, Haluda advised him. She offered Daja a hand gloved in black lace. A smile softened her firm mouth, though her eyes remained wary. Daja had a feeling that Haluda Salt remained watchful even in her sleep. I hear many good things about you, she told Daja. Then you can't have been talking to him, Daja said, giving the older woman's hand a squeeze and letting go. He only ever gives me a hard time. But it's for your own good, Frostpine said, inspecting the room below. I force myself, so you will be strong. Haluda jerked her head at Frostpine. Was he always impossible, or has the cold he moans about so often done this to him? Daja shrugged. She too, she too could be as wary as a magistrate's mage. I wouldn't know. He likes to keep me confused. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. That's the thing. It's <laughs> like, imitation is the highest form of flattery. No, like, plateau I, I, is the highest form of flattery. Shut up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.